This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host, Ian Turner. Just before we get started, I thoroughly recommend you subscribe to the show if you're fortunate enough to be enjoying it via podcast. This means new episodes of the show will magically be downloaded to your mobile phone or computer as they become available, meaning you won't miss one second of the awesome talent Garden of Sound features. If you're a bit unsure of how it all works, then visit the Garden of Sound website right now at gardenofsound.nz and click the subscribe button. We're just days away from the very first Garden of Sound live gig. It's happening at Littleton Records on Tuesday the 31st of July and it'll be featuring an amazing lineup of young bands about to make it big on the music scene. Tickets are only $8 in advance. I mean, that's a whole night's live music for cheaper than a coffee and a cake or a trip to the movies. So head along to Eventbrite or gardenofsound.nz right now to get your ticket. Back to the show, today's guest is Amy Straker. She sings, she dances, she acts, but she's more than the cat's mother. She's also part of the Swan Sisters alongside Amelia Grinnell. She's also founder of the Cubbon Theatre Company, a group with a passion for making theatre for the very young. They've just finished a successful season at Christchurch's Isaac Theatre Royal, and I caught up with Amy to talk about what's next on the horizon for this talented and very versatile artist. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Amy Straker on Plains FM 96.9. Amy, can you tell me about uh, your first experience of music or hearing music for the first time? I think the most memorable one for me is my mum singing to me when I was little. I've never been very good at sleeping, even though I love sleeping, but getting to sleep was always a struggle, so she used to come and sit with me in my room, and um, Danny Boy was usually the one that she'd sing. And I I love that about when you're little, you're really satisfied and really comforted by the same song rather than it being different. So, yeah, she used to come and sit and sing Danny Boy. She also used to... um, My mum never really yelled. She would sort of go into this kind of opera voice if she was frustrated with my brother and I for any reason. So, yeah, if the top C came out, you knew you were in trouble. So we've got... Danny Boy and being lulled to sleep mm-hmm. and we've got the angry operatic going on. <laughs> yes. um, what inspired you to, to make music yourself? Was there a pivotal moment? I'm not sure if there really was a pivotal moment because music has always been a part of my life. Through my father and my mum, there's, we've always had music in the background. Um, they both sing, they've sung in choirs. I remember going and watching them when I was really, really little, singing in this big grand choir in a cathedral in Cape Town. And, But I think where it really turned and became something personal for me would have been when I was a teenager and I was introduced to the guitar through a music teacher at high school. But I composed a song for some composition and just made up chords on my guitar. And I remember her being quite fascinated by the fact that I just sort of put my finger fingers on the strings and created something and she could decipher what they were but then that became a really key part of me navigating teenagehood I think and then ultimately life through music and through my guitar and the fact that I could take it anywhere I went. So when was the first time that you performed live to people other than your friends or family? I can actually remember this really vividly. I was playing my mum's old Yamaha guitar 
a nylon string that I think was even strung wrong. So I was having to tune it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure when it had last been strung, probably in the 70s or something. And I sang Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel, a 90s classic. And um, I remember singing that when I was in fourth form in front of the whole form. And I think that's where my, um, what's it, my label, my high school label was created. Amy plays guitar and she sings, that's what she does. Um, But I remember being really, really nervous and then enormously proud afterwards that I had managed to do it. I can still picture the hall. It's kind of amazing how you can have those really vivid snapshots, hey, and coming off afterwards and this kudos or something. I don't know. Thank you, Jewel. <laughs> Obviously, that positive reaction sort of spurred you on to, to do more. Where did the acting come in in your life? You could either say it happened by accident or it very much chose me. I remember when I was choosing what to do after high school, I um, Erin Simpson went to the same high school as me. I went to two different high schools and St Paul's was my second one and she was there. And mum said, this lovely girl Erin has gotten to a drama school down south in Christchurch. Maybe you should look into doing that because she's going to do singing, she's going to do dancing and she's going to do this thing called acting. And I was like, okay, well I've sung and I've danced. And I, a lot of the music videos... Um, because I used to watch them all the time. I remember watching them and going, oh, people always look so awkward, and maybe maybe what I should do is I should go to drama school, so if I ever make a music video, then I won't you know, be uncomfortable in front of the camera or whatever. That was my rationale. And then I got in, amazingly, and just fell in love with storytelling. Absolutely adored it and realised that songwriting and... Um, theatre and plays and musicals were all kind of intertwined in this really wonderful way and I think also discovered different parts of myself through other characters so by third year acting was really that was really my passion I absolutely loved it I loved doing straight plays and I sort of you know I can dance I'm okay and I can sing in in quite a specific way not necessarily particularly not modern musical theatre but um, I found I found my little niche um, in in the acting world and doing straight plays. I really really loved that. So, like any student, I presume moving away from home was mm-hmm. was, was pretty massive. similar. Yeah, I was eighteen, and I remember I came and lived in the halls of residence. So this is all happening at yeah, so at NASDA, but it's on. Um, it was when it was at the College of Education. So I lived in a. Halls of Reading, I don't know if it still exists, called Sonida. And I just remember... It's a very cool name. Yeah, it's actually quite a cool name, hey. But um, the walls were salmon pink and the people were intense. And, and yeah, just that idea of being away from home and realising how little you know. But then your course is really, really intense and you've got this incredible network of friends. And I was quite lucky, actually. Our year, there was only one person from Christchurch, so all of us were kind of you know, navigating it all together, which was great. And then Amelia, my swan sister, she said to me one day, she was like, I don't know how you handle living in the halls of residence. And I was like, I really don't. She's like, come and live with me. So then that's when everything changed for me positively. Um, Living in this house full of musicians, all her brothers, shapeshifter used to tour and come before they were massive, massive. You know, they'd all be asleep in our lounge and, 
you know, beautiful world music with Misha Marks. And um, just our house was always full of great music. And that's where I grew in confidence to actually play my songs outside of my bedroom. And, and then it all intertwined with drama school as well. It was sort of, it's quite magical, really. You spoke about playing a Jules song. Uh, yes. I know from talking with Amiria uh, that Jewel was also one of her favourites. Have you ever duetted on a on a Jewel track? Well, we do actually sing "Who Will Save Your Soul." We whip that one out. <laughs> Who else would you say in uh, modern music or musical theatre or opera or music throughout the world mm-hmm. um, you'd class as influences? To begin with, I think definitely Joni Mitchell, and that would be through my mum. She used to sing Woodstock to me a lot. It was one of the ones she could play on guitar. Um, And I remember singing that song in my final year at high school and people not understanding what on earth I was singing. I don't think people kind of understood who Joni Mitchell was. But she's huge. Excuse me. And um, Alanis Morissette when I was a teenager, vital. Such an important... um, important influence for me also a Joni Mitchell fan yes I'm sure I'm sure I think you'd be hard to come across a singer-songwriter who doesn't mention Joni I think even if it's just slightly slightly influenced by her but then I um a turning point in my songwriting I think was Redford Grinnell Amidia's brother introduced me to Jill Scott and her poetry and her storytelling that idea of combining kind of what I was learning at drama school with my guitar that meant that my stuff started becoming a little bit more narrative um India Ari was another huge one um I'm trying to think Radiohead was massive for me at high school in particular and still is now um and Ben Harper the idea that you can make an album and it doesn't all have to be just one sound it can be a whole lot of different genres was hugely influential for me too but gosh yeah Mozart in his own way. I love classical music so much and trusting that something can not have words. I remember my mum actually, after my first massive breakup, she sent me a whole lot of classical music because she said sometimes it's nice to listen to music without there being lyrics, especially lyrics being like, I love you, I miss you, I need you, I da 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 da. Things you don't need to necessarily hear through words but maybe you can have those feelings through classical music but I was like oh this makes so much sense to me now so yeah influenced by lots of people is there a specific track uh from one of those artists or maybe somebody completely different that you'd like to play for us today well I thought I would play a piece by Rafe Vaughan Williams and it's The Lark Ascending which is I think one of his most popular ones but that's definitely one I, I often go back to. It's incredibly calm and intricate, and the images I get anyway are very vivid when I listen to this piece.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Amy Straker on Plains FM 96.9. Amy, uh, what was the first gig or concert or event that you paid some money to get along to see? The first one that I remember is um, the Little River Band. So I went with my parents and, yeah, had a great time in some park in Hamilton, I think. I just I remember the crowds and I remember that they swore at the end and my father really really didn't like that. Um, don't really remember the music as much to be honest. I think it was more the environment that was kind of memorable. Correct me if I'm wrong. John Farnham was part of that band. Possibly. I really. I don't, Great hits I don't. like the other guy. Yes. The other guy. Yes, that's it. That's it. You got it. Um, and another one is I remember driving up to Auckland to go and see Hootie and the Blowfish with my parents as well. And I probably was about 11 or 12, but it's great thinking back on this and just being like, how awesome that my parents, you know, you're in this new country, kind of trying to figure it all out and, and going on these roadies to to watch music with your kids who are pretty young to be going to those kind of concerts, I guess. But yeah, so th- those are my first two memories. But actually... And then it's what I mentioned earlier was actually watching my parents sing in the, the um, choir, this huge choir when you see the photograph of it. There's m- masses of them and them singing one of the requiems, I think, and dressing up in your Sunday best and going and watching them. Where would you be without your parents? Because it, it feels like there's a certain amount of, not necessarily pushing, but an encouragement at least for you to engage in the performing arts. Gosh, I don't know. I really don't know. I think my parents have always encouraged both my brother and I to kind of do whatever it is that we felt drawn to. And I just naturally went to the creative side. And it is definitely influenced hugely by them. My mum is a beautiful painter and they both sing and they both play instruments. And so I think naturally I was influenced by my surroundings, which I still am today. I'm very sensitive to what is around me. And but if I were to choose to, to do anything else, I'm sure they would have been hugely supportive of that too. My dad's a doctor. He's an ophthalmologist. My mum's trained as a nurse. So we definitely had quite an interesting balance at home. What does your brother do these and my days? My brother does very similar things. He also works behind the camera and he composes music for screen and he um, writes his own stuff um, We've written things together too, and he acts, which is a relatively recent thing, um, but more film for my brother, not not theatre so much. But then he's also done lots of other extraordinary things. So he's his life is very cut and paste like mine as well, but very heavily influenced by the creative creative industry and the creative world. Tell me about the the writing process with a sibling. Is there some kind of innate knowledge that you're going to go here or do this yeah that's such a great question because we set ourselves this crazy task of writing and recording an ep in two weeks he was over from sydney and we're like what should we do let's we're gonna hang out shall we do this thing and um had no idea how it would how it would go and i remember the first time we sat down we were both sitting with cups of tea and ginger nuts sort of looking at each other being like, who starts? And I, he came up with a riff and um, and then the song Caught in the Clouds came out and it was mostly just 
coming up with melodies and giving each other space to have a go and then the next person having a try with some lyrics. But often what we found quite helpful was to think of a theme. What do you think what what do you think the song should be about? And not necessarily putting really specific ideas on it, but just giving it a general gist and then seeing where it would come from and then from there you go, oh, okay, this song is about this. So maybe we can add this imagery or this lyric or you can add this guitar riff or what did I play? I played the xylophone on one. Loved it. So I can presume a happy instrument. I can presume you hit your uh, hit your target on you know that yeah two weeks. It sort of seemed yeah we did we absolutely did. So we've got five tracks. Um, we both listened back to the recording and, and Nathan says in particular he's like man I don't sound very confident and I was like yeah because we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants but I don't know it was a great it was a great um, task I think for both of us to have we work quite well having those deadlines. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a fun project. Yeah. Did you have a name at that point? At that point, we just called ourselves brother and sister. Yeah, that's a good so start. That we just thought that that'll do. And I don't know if we'll ever do anything again. And it's quite nice sometimes just to be like, well, that was a chapter, and if it reopens at some point, that's wonderful. But rather than feeling like, because we very rarely live in the same city. In fact, we haven't for years. So. That's sort of what Nathan and I do. When we get together, we do a project of some kind, which is great. <laughs> so as a singer-songwriter, theatre maker, mm-hmm. uh, as an actress, performer, um, there's obviously a lot of experience mm-hmm. in front of people and, mm-hmm. and on the stage. Uh, have you had any experiences where you've you know, learnt a great deal or you do things differently? Well, I had one recently with the Swan Sisters that was... Um, quite a learning curve we played in the gardens um lazy sundays uh-huh. and we told this beautiful story about the staves which is a um, sister trio that we're hugely influenced by we get ready to play it and i can't remember the chords i just can't find them and we end up having this moment on stage where Amelia's going just put your finger here try putting your finger here long story short i just didn't have my capo on and um, I was so nervous for that gig because, you know, hundreds of people come to that. And I remember telling myself, just go, just be really calm and go one moment at a time. And I have this new thing now when I get nervous that my hands shake, which is deeply unhelpful when you're trying to play the guitar. And um, I remember after we decided to just leave the song, because I didn't realise about the capo till afterwards, that, that was that's what happened. The biggest thing was not letting that, because it was very early on, derail the rest of the show and that that be the only thing I remembered from it because it's such a special experience because I feel like with the Swan Sisters, when we're outside in the gardens, anywhere, that's where we should always be. It's sort of our ultimate setting. And um, yeah, it was just a really good reminder to, to not let it ruin everything and that people won't necessarily remember that one moment and that the way that you handle those things can actually make it seem way less of a drama than it may feel internally. Um, Yeah, so, but gosh, so many moments on stage where you're watching yourself. I call it watching yourself from bird's eye view and you see it happening and you're like, oh God, (laughs) stay with it, don't freak out. Um, And it's really different when it's 
what I find when I'm playing music as opposed to playing a character. Because there's a shield you've got when you're playing a character. Boy, and it's just you, you're like, here's all of me. <laughs> um, and I guess that's sort of where the name Amy Grace came from, is it's, it's a little mini shield. Um, but yeah, don't let one little moment derail the whole thing. So do you have any tips or tricks for overcoming let's say anxiety or mm. or nervousness or mm. any pre-show rituals to get yeah. you in the headspace with a music or totally drama a huge one for me is breathing it sounds so simple but you forget you actually forget to breathe when you're when you're nervous or you're feeling confronted so dropping that breath deep down into your belly and actually consciously doing five deep breaths in and out and I also have a selection of vocal warm-ups that I do and even though it may seem boring to some people, they're pretty much exactly the same but there's something about that um, repetition that's really reaffirming. Also physically warming yourself up. Like sometimes I can forget about that when I'm doing a gig but making sure that you're stretched. Even if you don't have much room, just do some star jumps or some press-ups or something like that so that you're physically engaged in what you're doing too and not just mentally and just saying to myself before I go on, it's like, trust what you know. And, you know, trust the work that you've done beforehand. And just, yeah, be in the moment. And even when things do fall over or you forget a line or someone else forgets a line and you have to save them, that it's just, just take your time. But breathing, remember to breathe. This is a difficult question. Do you have, have a favourite track or a track that stayed with you for a while or you've kept with you or you keep coming back to well one at the moment that I keep coming back to and I keep listening to over and over and over again is a rendition of pure imagination from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by a group called Flannel Graph which isn't that a curious name I think everyone needs one yeah, sitting in the corner of the kitchen. Curious, but yes, this this piece has been sitting with me because I've been listening to a lot of covers. I guess trying to encourage myself to learn some more covers for gigs and things like that. And I, I have very little patience with myself. I want to just be able to pick them up like that. But this one, listening to the lyrics again, and just how enchanting it is, but also kind of sad. And I'm going to be singing it soon. I decided for a showcase with a new theatre company called Blackboard Theatre Collective. Um, they're doing a fundraiser called He Says, She Says. And um, choosing a song that's usually sung by a man and then I get to sing it, which is quite rare that you get to sing a song that usually for a character is for a male character. But yeah, this piece, Pure Imagination. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination Take a look and you'll see into your imagination We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation 
listening to the Garden of Sound interview with Amy Straker. Before we continue the interview, I'd just like to remind you that the very first Garden of Sound live gig is happening on Tuesday the 31st of July at Littleton Records. Tickets are available from eventbrite.com or gardenofsound.nz and it's going to be an amazing night showcasing some unbelievable young talent from Christchurch. I just want to play you a little from Better Than Bacon who are in the national top 30 of the Smoke Free Rock Quest this year. This comes from their video submission to the Rock Quest judging panel and it's a little piece from an original track called Autumn.
really, that recording doesn't do them justice. They are amazing live. The event is supported by Creative Communities and Taha Sparkling Tonic, and it's only going to cost you $8 in advance to get along. So go to gardenofsound.nz or eventbrite.com and search for Garden of Sound to get your tickets. Now, remember, that's less than the price of a trip to the movies. And you're going to have an amazing night. It's gardenofsound.nz or search for Garden of Sound at eventbrite.com. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Amy Straker on Plains FM 96.9. Amy, what are the tools of the trade? We're sitting in a, in a rather nice studio um, and I can, see a, I can see a piano and a, and a lovely guitar. I mean, what do, you, what do you write on? Mostly guitar and ukulele now with Swan Sisters. And I do write on piano, but I don't perform on piano. Um, that's a dream to do that at some point. I think I've always just sort of had in my head this idea of whatever I perform on is quite easy to set up and play and travel around with. And I think piano, I would need to justify taking a piano places. And so for me, that would mean having a few songs to play. Um, but now that I have a space to rehearse in, I'm slowly reminding myself how to play the piano because it's been a while, been a while. But yeah, mostly guitar. Tell me about this beautiful guitar mm. over here. Um, can you describe it? What sort of make it is and when you got it? Well, it's a court and it's an acoustic electric. And I got that, gosh, when I was 16, I think. That's my first guitar. And when I first bought it, it was quite a light colour and it's just sort of gone really quite rich and golden. Um, called it Blondie. And... Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of songs have been written on that guitar and it's travelled all over the country with me and um, all over the world with me, actually, that one. And yeah, steel string and apparently a really good guitar, which I didn't really realise at the time. I probably was drawn to its aesthetic more than really understanding the sound of it. Um, Do you feel that instruments pick up your your vibes or they've got their own history i become very attached to my instruments in fact when i was moving up north one of the many times i traveled the country for work my car got stolen and my whole life was packed in it um which sounds really foolish that i'd done that but i sort of didn't have any other option and i couldn't park up the driveway i had to park on the street so anyway my car was found eventually with my stuff scattered all through this forest and fortunately they didn't take my guitar and i remember when i was telling people that this had happened that was always the first question have you still got your guitar because it really became my companion um and I've even thought about writing a show or collaborating with someone and, you know, telling the tales of all my different guitars because I've got a smaller court, a little three-quarter one, the travel one, that's gone all over with me. And now even my little ukulele, that was very kindly lent to me by a friend. And then I wrote some songs on it and I was like, is there any chance I can buy it? Because I don't, I don't think I can part with it now, now that I've written written things on it, well not on it literally, you know what I mean, <laughs> I would never do that to an instrument, but definitely I think it picks up, 
the stuff I write on this guitar compared to my baby guitar, compared to if I borrow my partner's guitar, or when I was in London I had to borrow a friend's guitar because mine broke, and um, I took that guitar to Sweden and wrote songs there that were really quite different, had a really different sound to it. So, yeah, I do think instruments pick up on your vibe or you pick up on the instrument's vibe and and write quite differently. We've talked about you writing with your brother. Um, Obviously there'll be material that's written with a a Miria. Um, Have there been sort of any band, big band collaborations, writing with a large number of people? Not writing so much, to be honest. A lot of it would be that I would come with the songs and then the bands that I would play with would then definitely add to it so I guess I guess they were writing but they were adding to something that was already there so it wasn't starting from scratch but I um I recorded a live album backstage in the old court theatre in the forge before the earthquake um in 2010 and that was a very speedy which seems to be the way that I do things is just very quickly but um that was collaborating with musicians mostly from Wellington actually and I sent them the tracks and then they just brought their influence and their, their skills and their their songwriting to it. So that became a live album. So, yeah, like I say, nothing on a grand scale writing-wise, but definitely collaborations to advance it from just being myself and guitar. Yeah. Do we listen to something that you've written? Yes, with somebody else. Yeah. I'd love to play you a piece that I have written with my brother. So this was the first one that came out of our collaboration, The Court in the Clouds. And it features mostly my brother's voice and some wonderful xylophone playing. (laughs) Honestly, the joy that that instrument brings me. But it's called Court in the Clouds and it's from our EP of the same name. Trying to get my head straight I'm 
Caught in the clouds, caught in the clouds Trying to get my head straight I'm caught in the clouds, caught in the clouds Trying to get my head straight I'm caught in the clouds, caught in the clouds Trying to get my head straight I'm caught in the clouds, caught in the clouds the Garden of Sound interview with Amy Straker on Plains FM 96.9. Amy, you've played a, a few gigs as we've uh, we've talked about. Uh, are there any particular sort of special ones that stand out in your mind? I've got lots of special ones. And one of the ones I was thinking about was this beautiful wedding that we played at in Hawke's Bay. A friend of mine, Katie, who I used to work with, we reconnected in London for a little while and she used to come along to my tiny gigs at little pubs in various places around London. And then I hadn't heard from her in years and she she wrote to us saying we'd love you to play at our wedding. And so it was this tiny, tiny little town, beach town, where we stayed and were very included in the wedding as well, which was really beautiful. And then played under these gorgeous teepees on her family farm and just playing to all of her friends and family, all her dear friends and family, playing our music and seeing people dancing and people enjoying the outdoors and one another and then getting up and jamming with the band, the later band, the party band, because we knew those guys, didn't realise that we would know them, but that lovely thing of your music being the backdrop to someone's really special day and doing it with Amadea as well, who, you know, we've been friends for such a long time and really enjoy just singing with one another. We There's something quite nice when you're not necessarily the main focus, but you know that your music is contributing to to the atmosphere in a really positive way. So that that's quite a memorable one for me. Also recording my live album was very, very memorable and so special now that that venue doesn't really exist anymore but having that sensation of performing in one side of the court theatre and then crossing the foyer and then going in and recording a whole album with a whole lot of musicians and all your friends and family and and some random punters as well who came along and having that document of that time it's like a little time capsule of 2010 
that's super memorable for me. So we're a number of years on from the quake. Mm. What's exciting you at the moment about Christchurch? Is there anything that's getting you fizzed up at the moment? Oh, so many different things. I mean, you can probably even hear in the background all the work that's being done on the new library that is due to open very soon. I love all the artwork that's popping up around. I love the people who are coming back, myself included, specifically because they want to be creating work and opportunities and art within Christchurch. I think there's something really exciting about being a part of a city that's rediscovering who it is and particularly in the arts world responding to that. And I guess the genuine care that people have for one another down here, I don't know if it's just in the worlds that I ricochet in, but people really do just beam in and make sure everyone's okay. And there's a sensitivity that comes with living in this city, I think, just because people have been through so much. And even if they weren't here, they know people who have. And often the conversation will go back to that time. Um I find that I find that really encouraging. There's a real sense of community here which I which I love and feel really yeah, feel really lucky to be a part of because I've been away for a wee while, but to come back into it and starting these new projects like my theater company and all these contacts and these people that I've been connected to for so long at now flourishing in a creative way because people are really wanting to make stuff happen here in Christchurch. I think that's really exciting. So my next question is is twofold um, because I do want to find out a bit more about the uh, Swan Sisters, mm-hmm. but I also want to find out um, where does Amy Straker want to be in you know five ten years time? Possibly living in Berlin for a while. I'd love to do something like that to go and live somewhere completely different. I've always wanted to live in Berlin, even just for a few months. I think in five years' time I probably will need to flap my wings again and go go away for a while. But gosh, yeah, I really just don't think that far ahead. I kind of can't. I don't even know what's happening early next year. Um, but I, right now, as I sit here, I would love to expand our company Cabin Theatre Company, making children's theatre for kids under five. I would love the Swan Sisters to be able to record another album and to be able to tour to Europe and tour around New Zealand first. I'd love for us to do a really extensive tour of New Zealand, go to small towns. I'd love that a lot. I'd love to collaborate with um, high schools with the Swan Sisters and do songwriting courses with them would be great. Um, Yeah, gosh, there's lots of things I'd love to do. But at the moment, I'm quite enjoying where I am and what I'm doing. And to think too far into the future is is almost a bit frightening for me. I don't know why. I think because I'm just not used to it. I'm used to going contract, contract, contract. And um, my dreams are, are, are big in their own way, but I don't sort of, they're not hugely clear or specific. Like they don't have to happen at any any particular time. But um. I'm excited to see where Christchurch will be in five years. And, yeah, I'll just wait and see what happens, really. You've got this fundraiser coming up with the Blackboard Theatre Collective. Um, Where next uh, in public Mm -hmm. um, can we see Amy Straker performing? I will be in a play at the Court Theatre called Mum's Choir. 
which is a New Zealand piece written by Alison Quigan. And it's, it's basically about a family whose mother dies and her request, her great request for her funeral is that they will all sing a requiem. And so they all get together. So it's a play with songs. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. So it'll be directed by Ross Gumbly and starring a few of the court theatre favourites. I'm not quite sure who else is in the cast, actually. It's quite exciting. But that's my next big thing, as Amy Straker is performing there at the court. Fantastic. Mm. Amy, thank you very much for being on the show today. Pleasure. Is there a song which you'd like to take us out with today? I would like to end this chat with a song by Kimbra, a song that was my mantra during a time where I was working on a project that was very, very challenging and the people were very, very challenging. And I loved the lyrics. I've got a gold mine. It's all mine. Nobody can touch, I think, this gold of mine or stop this gold of mine. Touch this gold. I think it's touch this gold of mine. But it was like, I've got this little thing inside of me and regardless of what happens around me, I'm going to stay true to that. And so, yes, it's her song called Gold Mine from her album, The Golden Echo. You can't touch it with your two hands You can't find it with the third eye I've been thirsting in the mudlands For a well you can't run dry Pass down to me through the wind And in the silence of the white sound It's always hidden in the dark
all run into the gold rush They all run into the river Hey, don't speak loud, keep it high Cause we about to be delivered Thank you so much for joining me today. This week's guest was Amy Straker. You can find out more about Amy. You can listen to a show-specific playlist made up of all the tracks Amy talked about today and get more details about where Amy is performing by visiting gardenofsound.nz. And please do get your tickets to Garden of Sound Live before they sell out. It's happening Tuesday the 31st of July at Littleton Records. Tickets are available right now at gardenofsound.nz or eventbrite.com. Thanks for joining me again this week. I'm Ian Turner, and this has been Garden of Sound. <laughs>